Mike, I'm ready. Bring on the Sputnik. Bring on the Sputnik. Oh, no. I'm ready for the Russian vaccine. Yes, please. I'm ready to go to the Baltic Sea, hook myself up to the North Stream 2 pipeline, and then let Mr. Putin just absolutely blast me with his vaccine. I've had it. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to I'm ready to migrate to Russia actually. I mean, I'm, if that if that gives me a better shot. Oh, at things yeah dude you'll glow in the dark it's probably laced with plutonium i don't care <laughs> I, I just at this point i don't even care what's in it yeah i just want a shot I, no i hear, <laughs> actually i'm pretty sure there's a dose a big chunk of astrazeneca sitting in new jersey here in the united states like it's something like a million doses Let's you and I, you fly here, we'll do a caper. We will bust into that storage facility. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, the funny thing is, since today Germany has 1.5 million doses of AstraZeneca sitting around oh, without doing anything with I it. Saw that. Uh, yeah, so just in today, uh, we put a hold on giving out vaccinations of the Oxford AstraZeneca, which was lauded a lot on this podcast some months ago. <laughs> My bad um apparently now health risks involved we don't really have any more time to lose or any more vials to give away or let rot in some fridge we need to speed this up because at this point vaccination rate in germany let me check it i got my numbers right here 3.48 per 100 inhabitants so that's not a great number number of countries ahead of Germany right now includes the Seychelles, Bahrain, Serbia, Chile, Malta, the Faroe Islands, Ooh, yeah. Hungary, Slovenia, Morocco, Estonia, Slovakia, Turkey, Lithuania, and a couple of others, including the US, of course, yeah. as well. How the hell have you been, my friend? <laughs> Pretty good. Uh... <laughs> Oh man, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, can, I, can, I can. The, the frustration is just losing. fair. I was just too proud about Germany's role yeah. last year. Yeah. Turn, turned out we, we were just lucky. It, was, it had nothing to do with policy, it had nothing to do with anything, it had nothing to do with leadership. We're, well, just, we're just plain lucky. No, okay. Let me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a defense of Germany here, okay? So. Okay, good luck. <laughs> so, part of what's going on here is that. People are worried that we're going to lose confidence in public health. Like, that's really what's going on here is, like, there's this, like, tension between getting vaccines in people, um, which is definitely a really good public health goal. But there's also, like, if you do it in a way where rumors can spread, we know this really backfires, right? Like, we see this in, like, Mm. regions like the Congo or, like, you know, Afghanistan. Like, rumors spread really quickly and then, like, Mm. people get nervous about it. So, because... We sort of have like the most, we have a lot of control over this virus. We're not in sort of super destructive versions or like periods. I think a lot of public health people are playing really cautiously right now. Like you're not alone. I think like Ireland also like put it on hold, like several other countries. A lot of European countries. And we have to be fair here. I mean, Germany was probably like the 10th European country to to put this on hold. And, Um, you know, like when I first heard of it, like last week, it didn't seem... mm -hmm that big to me um like the base rates let's it's like, it's like 30 cases out of 6 million or so yeah and those numbers are sort of like 
what roughly what you'd anticipate for just like a person walking around any other year, right? Yeah. And sort of, there's a little bit more information coming out today um, that mm-hmm. it looks like maybe there's like a string of them um, in close proximity in time and maybe related to batch, like a, a particular set of batch or like a batch of batches. And so that's the kind of thing you worry about where it's mm-hmm. probably not the vac. If it's something, may not be the vaccine. It may be sort of like a particular batch that was that had gone through an, an incorrect process or something like that. It's uh, if you'd asked me yesterday, I would have been like, ah, this is like overly cautious. This is a public mm. relations kind of thing. You know, some of the stuff that I've seen today, especially out of the German mm. uh, uh, mm. groups that were reporting out what their concerns are, it, it's worth looking into. Mm. I mean, what what is ticking us off now is just the circumstances. Yeah. It's not, if this would be any kind of whatever flu vaccine or whatever kind of vaccine, then yeah, let's just put it on hold. I mean, who cares? Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, but it's because we've put ourselves out of policy decisions and sort of malfunction here, I would say, put us into a position where we absolutely, where everyone, including doctors like senior health officials are really losing their patience quite publicly going like please let's have a concept how to spread out this vaccine yeah. as effectively as we can yeah. because we have absolutely not done that so far yeah. we have more or less wasted 10 weeks um, not wasted i mean there's there's already i don't know i think somewhere around um seven percent um of of germans who have received at least the first dose Mm -hmm. um so the number that i read before i think was was like the full vaccination that usually entails two doses um but yeah i mean and this is combined also with what i call a half-assed lockdown that we have had since first november yeah um and that's been I don't know. What is that? Five months? Yeah. No, almost. Yeah. I mean, almost, that's a long almost five months. Yeah. Four and a half months. You're listening to the Americanist podcast, um, your number one resource concerning the coronavirus <laughs> and everything else American and European. My name is Johannes Ehrmann here in Berlin. I'm joined, as every time, by my friend and dear and accomplished scholar, Mike Bayoki in Stanford University. Mike, I heard something about you that i think we should share with the listeners oh no you will get a vaccination soon yeah that's right yeah when is when is your date uh it is the 29th of this month so two weeks from today are you going to be vaccinated with astrazeneca <laughs> no, it's actually, do you know yet no i do know <laughs> do that have a choice we won't we uh we haven't had it approved here in the u.s bastards yeah i know I guess it's not even approved in the US. See, you guys are yeah. smart. Like, we're blinded. For four years, we were blinded. You're still the smartest. <laughs> let's let's not do that. Oh, there's a whole bunch of new Trump news. So like, they have, like we still have. Our so what? So what's the uh, what's the uh, vaccination that you're gonna get? Um, so when I signed up, uh, they said it would be either Pfizer or Moderna. Um, but you know, who cares? I mean, if, they, if if I show up and they're Johnson and Johnson, I'm getting Johnson and Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. There's another world, right? Like, there's another counterfactual world where, like, we didn't land all of these really amazing vaccines, mm. and things mm-hmm. would be much more tight now. And mm. oh man, I'm really glad mm. we're in the world where there's a bunch of vaccines coming online. They're going to be produced at pretty yeah. quickly because, yeah. like, the tensions. Like, we're working through a really bad equity problem right now, sort of thinking about the logistics of the deployment in a rather good environment. And I think that'll mm. encourage us. I hope we never have another pandemic in our lifetime, right? But like, yeah. 
can you imagine if we were if there was like one vaccine and it was controlled by Russia or controlled by you know like Brazil like or the United yeah. States or like yeah. one, or yeah. especially yeah. Trump yeah. like United States like how <laughs> complicated and yeah oh. scary that would be you didn't think he wanted to share <laughs> I mean like wasn't he there was like rumor or sorry not rumors there were reports that he um they were trying to get like sole rights to some of the early they were negotiating to get like okay. for, like it's just like gross stuff that the administration was doing. Oh. So before we move on to what we actually wanted to right. discuss today, um, I, I, I'm curious. I haven't heard anything from the man. Yeah. Where's Trump? What, what's, what's he up to? He's in Florida. He's at his uh, <laughs> okay. Mar-a-Lago. Golfing. Yeah. Yep. And cool. I haven't heard much of him at all, right? There was sort of this hmm. um, convention of conservatives where he spoke at, but it really didn't like break through the mainstream media. I think there's like a lot of sort of fatigue, but there was this like... <laughs> little breakthrough over the weekend i think i'm you know like i am not a psychologist <laughs> though i guess we're gonna talk about some uh, i think he's like really going through withdrawal because there's this like concerted effort over the weekend on conservative media to talk about how amazing he was like they like put out some photos and they were like look at him he looks so glorious and he's like he must be getting in shape he's getting ready for a 2014 uh, 20 uh, 24 run yeah. and it was just like oh this is so painful to watch like he's trying yeah it's so they're trying to court him? They're, well, I think they're actually. I think it was actually probably his group of people trying to push him back uh, into the media and sort uh, of like hyping up okay. his or like boosting up his ego and that kind of. It was just like the most painfully awkward, like oh attention God. grab for him this week. So no, um, you haven't missed anything. He hasn't really been pushing through here in the United States in terms of attention. Um, yeah, yeah, and I'm realizing that that's actually. As we're talking about it, I'm realizing I haven't missed it. <laughs> I've, I really haven't missed those four years where almost on a daily basis, yeah. even in German media, yeah. the guy was just everywhere. It's kind of just nice to be like, yeah, okay, yeah, Biden is there. He's probably doing his job. I don't care. Exactly. His dogs got kicked out of the White House. Yeah, okay, that made the news. Right. Um, so <laughs> that's German Shepherd. Should, you should have known. You should have known. <laughs> Well, Never trust me, <laughs> No. She's <laughs> like the bite. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. And that's pretty much the biggest piece of news that, yes. that I gathered in the last 14 days from, from the White House. Well, you know, and the thing is, like, uh, massive things have happened, right? Like, here in the United States, like, we, you know, they just passed uh, almost, like, a $1.9 trillion, like, stimulus bill here, which is like that is like um and that's just you know like so yeah the biden administration is kind of boring and just doing its job right like it's not not like a reality more of that wonderful yes i know more years of that yeah and you know what and and like you're saying like i have so much more brain space and i don't like i'm not worried that (laughs) like this crazy man is going to get us into a war with like the eu like a or like you know like pick a fight with china or like so much more time to work out in a garage, right? That's right. Was this was this a Corona project as well that you that you built no. your? I was this before Corona. Yeah, this happened back in 2016. Yeah, I converted my garage over into a weightlifting, you know, workout nice. uh, facility. So I've got like stuff so I can train uh, for like sort of powerlifting, Olympic lift kind awesome. of stuff in awesome. the garage. Do you, do you scream as well? You know, Ronnie Coleman style. Like I try to scare my neighbors. Like squirrels Good. run away. It's a, it's pretty. Because it's not lifting yeah. without it, right? No, it really, it doesn't qualify. Don't no. absolutely. The official rules say. 
but I mean, you told me lifting actually makes you happy, right? So I mean, yeah, and yeah, and that's right. We're kind of yeah. circling in on on what we actually wanted to talk that's about right. before I went on a on a vaccination rant here, which is, I mean, we had kind of like this awkward dark anniversary the other day uh, of one year of the pandemic and one year of all of us moving into isolation, basically, um, yeah. because that's what home office has meant for large parts of our life uh, basically that um, we weren't able to have the office chats and we weren't able to see people um, yeah also weren't able to go to the movies maybe or right. uh, go do some other things Museum. that's yeah, yeah museums have been here also closed for almost half a year now again um, these things are also important right and yeah. these these things are really uh, really crucial to us feeling well and um, yeah the experience of suffering all over the world um, to certain degrees um, yeah. and, uh, and and we've talked about it before for you it actually started also with being at home on, on painkillers right because you had your right. your yeah. awful cycling accidents um, right. on your birthday yeah yeah um, and um, yeah so I mean tell us maybe a little bit of how this yeah, accident and then going into lockdown also going into a bit of a mental lockdown um, yeah. and how this has affected you roughly this time last year i got into a pretty bad bicycle accident and cracked my spine and a couple ribs and that kind of stuff and so right as the pandemic was starting to hit california i was on painkillers and i was just sort of homebound for that and you know subsequently you know so i teach um, and do research so a lot of that can be moved online so i continued to do my work once I sort of got back to that place but um yeah I, you know like this is a little bit tough to talk about <laughs> but sure. uh yeah I mean like I've always had a little bit of an up and down you know sort of you know every couple months or something like that I'd sort of struggle with you know, feelings of sadness and, and that kind of stuff um but uh coming into this period and I, I, I think like this is an experience that a lot of people had is feelings of isolation and not being able to connect and check in with people in sort of mm. I guess like sort of like soft ways I mean like they're they're sort of I don't know if I'm using the right yeah. words here but like sort of casual ways, formal or hard yeah casual ways right like sort of yeah, yeah. thanks for helping with my anguish <laughs> <laughs> and like and uh, yeah I mean I I slipped into a pretty bad depression you know mm. um uh, yeah, I'd never gotten to the point where I couldn't get out of bed and that was starting to happen to me. Um, you know, I, uh, became very hard to talk to people. Um, you know, the sort of normal routines that you do, like I just, I'd never really thought about it until I started to come out of it, but like, um, the routines of like getting up in the morning and, mm -hmm. you know, showering and heading to the office and that kind of thing. like, you, didn't, you know, like a lot of those things were starting to break down. And the things that sort of helped me integrate with yeah. um, folks and sort of check in and feel good about myself, like we're starting to disappear. And it was really tough. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think, um, you know, like uh, it got so bad that like, you know, like uh, you know, sort of like suicidal ideation and that kind of stuff like became, you know, that sort of had to deal with that for the first time. Like it was, right. it was tough. Um, you know, reached out to some good people and, you know, uh, my family's really supportive and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, so I built out some stuff, 
right? Um, I was lucky, you know, mine was driven a lot by situation, right? There are other mm-hmm. types of uh, stuff that can also be sort of brain chemical and long lasting and, and that kind of stuff. My mine was uh, probably in part due to the meds that I was coming off of and the, the social isolation, but um, yeah, it was tough. Mm. So, so you actually think that the the medication that you were on um, had some part in that? Um, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I think like some of the early stuff, uh, I was pretty numbed up. <laughs> I was yeah. like, you know, like I couldn't even sort of like self-assess, I think at that point. It was like super useful because, you know, I think without the painkillers, I would not have been able to sleep. I would yeah. have, you know, my, you know, I was a mess. Oh, yeah. God. But that, that sounds, as you're describing this, it almost sounds like a, like a negatively perfect storm there, right? I mean, yeah. it's kind of, you know, well, coinciding this you being in physical pain and then this absolute abrupt isolation. Right. And on top of that, I think what we all experienced is absolutely not knowing where this would develop. Right. I mean, is this yeah. kind of, you know, one moment you're standing on the shore, the next moment you're out on the ocean and you can't see any land. Right. And and I think this is what a lot of us experienced back then. That's right. And I, yeah, I, I think there's like feelings of vulnerability and, you know, not knowing how you're going to take care of yourself in a completely new environment. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, not knowing if the pandemic was going to, you know, if the virus is going to creep into your home. Is it like airborne? Like what yeah, level of yeah. airborne is it? Like we had yeah. no we, idea. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We didn't even know it was. I remember we were, we were starting to disinfect surfaces like crazy yeah. in the beginning because we thought, yeah, maybe it's on on some doorknobs totally. or whatever um, yeah but how did you how did you find out of that uh, out of that phase uh, this might also be instructive for some people who might feel that way now um, because yeah one year in i mean we, we still don't see really light at the end of the tunnel in a lot of countries right. um, yeah yeah i mean um you know again some of mine was really physical you know, because my body had just taken a big beating and feelings of vulnerability for me, <laughs> something that I can, I've always sort of like struggled with. And so, you know, my gym that you, you brought up did really help me like sort of, mm-hmm. you know, getting into a routine, doing some physical activity, sort of building myself up. Wow, it was nice. I'd love for that to be the correct story and like to give you that sort of hopeful thing. Mm-hmm. But like, even when I started working out, I would crash pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be okay for a couple of weeks and then I just would, it would just wave over me. And mm-hmm. um, I, I think like a big chunk has been setting up time with people. So mm-hmm. I, in November, actually, right around when we were starting this podcast partway through, like I, I realized, I recognized that I needed to be around um physically around uh family mm-hmm. and so i went back to maine yeah. um you know i talked about this but like mm-hmm. that was because you know i was not doing well um mm-hmm. you know i think there were a lot of different sort of stresses <laughs> there was like the election stuff that we were talking about but yeah. um so being around people and connecting and you know honestly i, I don't want to sound like overly emotional but like you really helped me like you know <laughs> you reaching out you didn't mm. i don't know if you knew this but like that really made me feel connected in ways mm. that were really powerful mm. yeah yeah i think it helped both of us i mean i think it was really and we're talking about perfect storm i i forgot this layer which you know w- was only resolving in november last year um which had been brewing you know for four years this yeah. horrific administration and this division that was going on in your society yeah. um which yeah i mean 
it's it's hard not to let it affect you right because yeah. it was really we talked about it it was really the, the chance of you know bloodshed and we saw some bloodshed but yeah even more you know you know violence oh, yeah. was very very real and i remember you saying that and i was kind of shocked at the time um but after what we saw happen at the capital i mean right. we're still yeah it could have been even much worse i guess on election night or on, on oh yeah other nights um yeah if the election had not been yeah as much of a blowout or like yeah, yeah. In, in the days yeah. after yeah had it yeah. not been as yeah decisively yeah uh you know swinging one way a few days after then right god knows what damage he might have done oh yeah hundred percent i mean there's a you know we'd talk about it at the time but like there's a real chance that uh the trumps the family um are mm. going to face real legal consequences mm. in new york it looks like the uh, new york state of new york is gearing up for some fairly aggressive um prosecutions um of people in the trump family trump sphere so my guess is they were not and that like that Donald Trump was aware of that at the time and like sort of have an inkling of that. And so, yeah, I mean, not only was he sort of fighting for control of the country, but also uh, he, there are certain protections that we give the president yeah. when he's active, when the person's the active president that I think he's probably trying to hold on to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And, and like we've joked about this before, but like my this guy here in California was on fire yeah. for a while. And like yeah, you forgot about that, yeah. Huh? Yeah. we had lockdowns here because there were potential for riots. Like people were concerned about that. Like it was a really so, yeah. you know, these feelings can arise uh, from real events. Right. Yeah. Um, I remember I, I had for several weeks, I had these bouts of insomnia. Um, so I was really, I was waking up three in the morning and then I was awake for two, three hours. Um, and then, you know, once your rhythm is kind of screwed up and then you, you pass out at 9 PM and then you sleep four hours and then you're up again for three hours in the middle of the night. And, you know, I think a lot of that had to do with, yeah, my, my subconscious trying to process the unprocessable <laughs> you know? right because yeah. at the time it was like what is happening like, yeah. are they just gonna yeah. lock us up you know it was, <laughs> it was it was totally because we saw the the images from wuhan and it yeah. was totally in the realm of possible that we would and in other european countries it happened like that in spain they just locked everyone up including children yeah. for for i don't know 10 weeks or so yeah. we actually got really lucky uh, and but the, the point I also just wanted to quickly make is I think what we are realizing here is the limits of digitization as well. Yeah. Um, because a Teams meeting is not the same as having a beer with someone no. uh, in the park. Uh, <laughs> right. Or in the, it doesn't matter where, just face to face. The casual interactions that are small and like you'd talk about like, I don't know, a sports yeah. team or something like, you know, like, or, you know, like just, just finding out about like, someone's hot take on a on a new tv show or something like that like it just the ca- the small things um and the friends who are maybe a couple layers out you just like they're gone <laughs> they're, you, you don't interact with them that much and even if you do it's sort of under different environments and stuff it i i'm a devout um introvert so like i, I tend to just you know not 
you know, I, I need to be sort of like alone every once in a while just to sort of like recharge and that kind of stuff. And oh, <laughs> I realize that there is like an upper limit to that. I need, you know, there's there's some connections that I, I definitely need. Um, and that would do, yeah. So, yeah, you know, I was doing some reading mm-hmm. on this, like sort of these kinds of topics. And like there's a lot of people who are, uh, are writing about what we're seeing. And yeah, I mean, like we're seeing patterns here in the United States, like the the Center for Disease Control and Prevention does a lot of monitoring of, um, you know, like emergency rooms and, and that kind of stuff. Uh, and yeah, I mean, like we're seeing, we saw immediately right around the time that you were talking about when people didn't know what was happening sort of early March of this time last year, like nothing was happening in the EDs. People were being very, sorry, outside of like COVID, people were like, you know, not. And then there was a really large increase in the number of overdoses, substance abuse, show-ups, um, like that that kind of stuff. And it's persisted, you know, like the data that, they, that this, you know, group was working on went through October of this year here in the United States, and it persisted um, in through October, um, where rates of people needing to be in the emergency department for opioid abuse and that kind of stuff really had gone up. And that's probably, you know, like, losing connection with people people self-soothing people trying to deal with these kinds of feelings it's on the order of what we also see um when people lose like major economic downturns so it's, it's a little bit hard to tell if it was about the pandemic or people i mean it's probably a very similar experience you know losing your job being disconnected and thrown out and not knowing how to secure you know mm. the future of yourself and like your mm. family and that kind of stuff so yeah seeing those kinds of patterns. So one year in, um, I mean, you're obviously, you seem much better now than you, than you describe you were at the time. Yeah, I am. But, you know, you know, you and I can talk about this. Like, you know, I had a tough time, mentioned it to you like last week. Um, so these things do go in cycles, um, yeah. you know. Yeah. But yes, uh, you know, sort of the ups and downs are much better for me. And, you know, I've mm-hmm. been you know, for me personally, and this is because I have a particular type of, of I wouldn't call it depression, but the, the sort of stuff that I'm dealing with, mm. uh, it is responsive to me getting into a routine, a good routine and, you know, physical exercise and, and that mm. kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. so that's just been super powerful for me. And I got to, you know, see some friends in a socially distanced outdoor mm-hmm. way this weekend, which was excellent. Those are some of my very favorite people. Yeah. And I guess it helps living in California where you don't really have a winter. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, we should do air That's also something we're, we're coming out of, like, I don't know, five or six months of, of uh, yeah, mostly freezing temperatures and around <laughs> zero Celsius temperatures. Yeah. And I've realized, yeah, I do look forward to spring. <laughs> so that's going to make it a little bit easier to... Um, oh, man. Uh, to be outside and we uh, uh, yeah we a few weeks ago we had a stretch of a few days where it was already quite mild mm. and it was like the fall spring uh kind of thing but already one night we we had the chance to with, with a couple of friends we actually ran into another ex-colleague of ours mm. uh, just by the lake here yeah and i was there with a friend just uh, we were trying to uh, yeah just unwind have a beer uh, on on the you know just in the park yeah. just sitting on the bench having a beer and um, yeah, and it turned out to be an absolutely hilarious night. You know, it was just like we we're just sitting there in the dark, you know, yeah. sipping on beer. Yeah, <laughs> and it was just like, oh man, we've missed that so much. Yes, <laughs> so all winter we couldn't totally. do it really. Um, yeah, and so yeah, we're 
some people are already saying like once we all get vaccinated it's going to be like the the roaring 20s all over again <laughs> i be cool yeah be cool. i'm, I'd, I'm I'd up for it. it i mean like i, I look look good in some of those outfits yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um <laughs> Yeah, and in the meantime, so this is something uh, so I'm just gonna, uh, because we always try to uh, to end on the more positive notes. Um, and I don't know why the the YouTube algorithms, and this is again, this is actually oh, the, no. the counter argument. This is pro digitization because <laughs> yeah. the, the YouTube YouTube algorithm, for some strange reason, just before uh, presented to me the video of a guy blowing up an anvil into the sky. No, are you kidding me? And of course he was from the US. I noted it down. Gay and thank you. And we're gonna we're gonna link to this in the show notes, of course. Uh, thank you, Gay Wilkinson in Farmington, Missouri, um, who was just like with the this is a quote, we're gonna launch some anvils. And I love the explanation. Quote, it just need launching something that wasn't supposed to be launched. I mean, was he describing, you know, the moon landing i mean this is kind of i mean it's it's kind of it's the it's our life in a nutshell if we wouldn't i mean if we wouldn't want to launch things i mean we would be yeah. nowhere i mean we would still that's right yeah. so yeah so thanks to gay wilkinson and and all his soulmates oh, out there uh yeah. who just you know just fill up an anvil with black powder uh and just yeah. absolutely launch it 30 feet up in the air just, uh, just why not it's a so, good use of freedom <laughs> yeah so as long as we have these kind of videos um i think we're all gonna be fine so um yeah man um thanks so much for opening up mikey um yeah absolutely <laughs> maybe we also helped a few people uh in sharing these kind of things um and yeah, uh, yeah please please do reach out out to us um if you have a story to share, um, we got a couple of emails from listeners uh, after the last episode. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of yeah. helpful input for the uh, the Corona crisis as well. Yeah. Also, just just a full declaration: we get so excited when we get emails from you folks. <laughs> like we get we get like giddy, happy, excited, yeah, we, and we like pass it around. We talk about it. Yeah. yeah. And we do have an email address. Um, it's the Americanist Pod, the Americanist P O D at gmail.com we promise we'll reply as well both of us actually last time we both replied. Well, yeah we yeah. both yeah. so um all right thanks very much for tuning in to the americanists always great and um yeah we'll hear each other soon again uh we'll try to prepare some lighter topic moving away from covid for for one episode at least. Yeah, that sounds good. Which, yeah, we'll figure out some fun topics. Maybe we talk about Carson Wentz, uh, the, the Philadelphia Eagles quarterback that was traded to the Indianapolis Colts. Or maybe we won't. Maybe we won't. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, 100% not. Um, yeah. So. We can talk about our favorite statistical distributions. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure something out. All right, man. All right. Take care. Later, dude. Have, have a great week. Yeah. And uh, talk to you soon. Sounds good.